Welcome to the King of Networking. This is Alec McNair. This is a very special episode. It's a bonus episode. Uh, it is an episode where I get to talk about something I've wanted to talk about, but didn't quite know how to broach it. I interviewed Billy Parks about a month ago, and we had a great conversation about his career, life choices, what inspires him, what motivates him, and that was great. The one thing I didn't talk about uh, and certainly didn't dive into is his interest and passion and outspokenness on the topic of race, race relations, and uh, standing up for marginalized communities. And I kicked myself after that conversation, especially after what's transpired the last month, uh, the death of George Floyd and the rise and spotlight put on the Black Lives Matter movement uh, has really motivated a lot of people to both do something in support of, uh, of black people in this country and around the world, but also to educate themselves, to make changes. You're seeing all kinds of things happen around the country. And I've struggled, quite honestly, to figure out a way to do, quote unquote, enough. I've given money to some organizations. I've had some private conversations with people. I've uh, bought some books. But the truth is, I'm white and super privileged. So I wanted to do more than simply privately examining my own life and motives. And so I offered to you uh, here a conversation with Billy Parks. I sent him the episode that we previously recorded. And we talked a little bit about race and race relations and his take on that. And he offered to come do another conversation here. So this is a follow-up addendum to our talk specifically about what uh, he did and what anyone can do to stand up in a moment like this. And of course, for this episode, the one uh, that's serious, I have the worst internet connection ever. So pardon the bad Zoom quality. The topic is, is worth enduring through it. This is my follow-up talk with Billy Parks. Well, thanks for rejoining um, here for a second and uh, talking a little bit about this moment, uh, this mission, um, the idea of, uh, of Black Lives Matter and being anti-racist and, uh, and figuring out how to address this issue that seems like so many people are wrestling with right now. Sure. Um, and it's a it's an important moment. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll start with this story. So you and I both worked at full screen. Um, you and I both worked in the same kind of office area. And there was this one moment where we had to name the conference rooms. Yes. And uh, in the main office, all the conference rooms were names of beaches, which confused everyone. No one knew where any beach was. Yes. There were obscure beaches, all that. And we could have just done the same thing in our wing. But there was a little bit of a uh, contest or, you know, hey, how, what naming structure should we give to all these? Um, and, um, and your idea was to name all the conference rooms uh, after um, activist artists of color. Is that accurate? Right. Yeah. And so that, yeah, that was your right. idea. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I had another idea that was just an idea. I wasn't really wedded to it. But there was, this, there was this leadership email chain at full screen where people were talking about this. Yes. And here's where I was coming from. I was anti, anti the idea, right. not because of the idea, but for a different reason. And I think we were coming at it from the same direction, but we hadn't talked about it. Yes. Um, I was anti because I knew as a white male that our general leadership was not very diverse. Right. And it felt like it felt kind of insulting that we would only, quote, do this thing and name our conference rooms. It felt not enough. 
And I think I was maybe embarrassed or I just didn't, I didn't want, like, why would we bring this up when we're so not good at this as an organization? Um, and I felt sure. a little bit powerless in that area. So that was kind of my, as I look back at uh, my motivations for being against it. Yeah. And I think that you were for it because we're like, can't we just do this? <laughs> like, this is just one step. Um, yeah. And, and I, I wrote back saying, ah, I don't know about this. And then I remember George, like, <laughs> called us out saying like, uh, you guys should talk about it offline because this isn't a place yes. for a public email fight. And so we talked about it and I understood where yeah. you were coming from. And I guess I, I tell yeah. that story and eventually we did name all the, all the, all the rooms that I, I, I say that story because I think there are a lot of people wrestling with the right thing to do right now. And I yes. think there's a lot of um, places where reasonable face-to-face -face conversation on this topic aren't happening where we can learn where each other are yeah. coming from. And so that's under yeah. the auspices of that. That's why I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember every point that I made at that time. I do remember thinking, I, I, I remember feeling the same way I have felt in other uh, jobs since, which is really good intention. And like, hey, I think there was this fear and there is a fear um, when people don't, they're like, I don't know how to deal with the race thing. And I don't know how to deal with the fact that there's inequality in the world and inequality here. Yep. And if I go and I do something, then people are going to look at me and say, how are you trying something when you're not perfect? Mm. And people do that, right? There is a lot of calling out. Yep. And my point was that, yeah, the point was I wanted to name the conference rooms after Spike Lee and Gordon Parks and Diego mm -hmm. Rivera and um, Nina Simone, Marlon Riggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Nina Simone, like, like people, because I was thinking when we said, Hey, well, this is the creative space. What are we going to name yeah. this? And I started thinking along the lines of the Apple campaign, think different. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's, I love, I've always loved that campaign, but I also would like to see, you know, I think back to, you know, Danny Aiello's pizza shop, man. And why isn't there any more brothers on the wall? Mm. And, um, and I said, let's, let's name, let's do that. It's fun. Let's, that's good. And it'll make, yeah. it'll make people think like, who's Diego Rivera? Who's Nina Simone? And like yeah. some, some young people, you know, like, you know, young Gen Z's who were, who the company was full, full of might not have ever heard of those people. So yeah. um, maybe they would just be a name and, you know, like, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe not. And I've heard often that people are scared to do things because they think it's pandering. Mm. Um, and I've heard that at many companies before that and many companies since, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I hear that a lot and it felt like a good thing to do. And I felt like we had a good conversation about it and we yeah. ended up naming them that way, which was great. Yeah. Uh, I felt great about that. And I think, you know, I've seen companies that I've been at since then where I've said, yo, let's do this thing where mm -hmm. we can bring in people of color and change the complexion and the tapestry of the group of people that we're working with now. Mm -hmm. And people have been, you know, resistant because mm -hmm. they say, oh, you know what, man, like it's going to look like we're trying to do something and, you know, people are going to look at the way our leadership is and they're going to, it's going to put a microscope under what we're doing. And, it, you know, it's going to look like bullshit. And, I'm all, mm -hmm. and I always say the same thing, which is like, you got to start somewhere. And if somebody calls you out and says you're bullshit, then you got to like, listen to it. 
you know, people always have something to say, listen to it, see where they're right. And then start to like work through that. Um, yeah. But you got to be open to criticism. And, and, uh, and, and a lot of people, I would say, and companies that I've been at, where ideas like this have been suggested, that have been rejected, um, and they might have been the wrong idea too. Like, you know, I might have not presented it properly, are sure. now, you know, publicly and not publicly having those same conversations. They're like, okay, yeah. well, what should I be doing? And that's okay too. You know, like it's a, it, none of this stuff is easy. Yeah. You know, got to do the work, you know? Yeah. Um, got to do the work. And I think for me, coming from music videos and commercials where I had a very diverse group of people in my life mm. where I had cinematographers, grips and electrics, art directors, directors, talent in front and behind the camera who were my bosses and who worked with me and who were under my employee and direction were like extremely diverse. And it wasn't mm -hmm. until kind of getting into a more, um, kind of tech forward media company world that I was, that I kind of realized that it, it wasn't as diverse as the world in which I had grown up in, right. You know, I had been operating in yeah. and like the conference room naming felt like something I wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, and then, and then, you know, and then we continued to, to, to build programs yeah. that I think that I feel that I feel like affected change with that. Yeah. Idea. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is um, I feel like a lot of people are, like you said, having private and public conversations about what can we do. And that that ranges from um, self-examination, hiring programs. How do we develop leaders? Uh, are we giving are we truly giving fair opportunities to all types of people uh, across the board? And, you know, I think all that's obviously very positive and, and hopefully you know, it's as positive a year from now and two years from now as it is right now. Um, and not just a response yeah. to um, protests and, and outrage, um, but really systemic changes. Um, but I think there's a lot of people um, that are trying to figure out how can I do something that matters in my sphere of influence. And um, one of the things that we were trading notes on yes. is, you know, you were running a program that was doing creative content marketing for AT&T and, um, you know, which is a monolithic uh, giant uh, corporation uh, that is as bureaucratic as, you know, as giant corporations can be. But you suggested and ran a program that was, I think, very helpful in this area and drew attention to it in a way that not only was, quote unquote, like effective from a marketing standpoint, but kind of changed hearts and minds over there. And so tell me a little bit about Hello Lab and um, kind of what the what the auspices of that was and kind of where you were thinking about addressing this issue and and uh, trying to make some change yeah yeah that was that was a great program and AT&T was aggressively supportive and behind it and the team at full screen was aggressively supportive and behind it and yeah. and what it really came from was when Trump was elected um, mm. I think when, you know, we had, we had had a successful year of, of multi, um, a multi flat, a multifaceted program with AT&T where we worked influencers, you know, young stars across YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, and we mm -hmm. built kind of content programs, um, that AT&T, um, was integrated into, sponsored, and helped bring like a really fun kind of interactive entertainment to 
uh, people who are evading the reach of like traditional broadcast and pay television, right? Like mm -hmm. so, so AT and T could reach those people, and we could that bring was them the, some that awesome. Was the yeah, that was the first se that was the first quote, season of of uh, of Hello Lab, and that was essentially it, early Instagram stars and building a show like experience on their channels, brought to you by AT and T. Uh, and that was what like six or seven quote shows that were not really connected, but kind of all ten. produced on. Oh, it's ten. Uh, yeah, it was ten shows where the. Um, the talent who had great relationships with their audiences yeah. would create content on their platforms that use the functionality of their pl platforms to engage their audiences. So instead yeah. of just making some show that we made, baked in some lab and then we dropped on their channel, the audience was always involved one way or the other in making it because that was yep. kind of the difference between traditional entertainment and the way uh, these these social stars were using their platforms. So we wanted to yep. embrace the way in which they use their platforms and then allow them to create content for, um, you know, for their audiences that they thought their audiences would love. And sometimes they actually asked their audience, like, what do you want to see us do? Um, yep. And it was a super fun program. And as we started to go into years of it, Trump got elected mm -hmm. and there was always an interest from AT&T and the team to make sure we had people of color, um, people of different uh, sexual orientations and mm -hmm. people of different backgrounds, people of different artistic voices, like all, we, we tried to keep the program year one very diverse, but it, it, was, it wasn't deeply diverse. Um, and we right. wanted to, we had some great people of color and, and different sexual orientations year one, but we really, after Trump got elected, I think we all got shook up. Mm -hmm. We all started hanging our heads and we all felt like we couldn't do the same thing again next year. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't yeah. feel right. It felt like there was a real attack on, it felt like there was a real t attack on people of color and LGBTQ. It just felt like we needed to, stand up and speak up, especially in the hearts of minds of young people. And so yeah. we kept the program as it was, but we added and diverted some money and moved into a space where we created a mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to do a mentorship program where it was just people getting together and talking and like networking and stuff like that. That's not very important, but we wanted it to result in something tangible. So we looked at AT&T also had expressed an interest in wanting to work in more traditional content as well. So mm -hmm. more traditional film and television, things that we're going to feel like they touch, not just the like uh, young star YouTube world, but also like touch the mainstream. So yeah. with those two things in mind, we created this program called the AT&T Hello Lab Mentorship Program, mm -hmm. where we went out to filmmakers, stars, celebrities who had storytelling chops of color, LGBTQ and women mm -hmm. and asked them. Uh, and that was Rick Fama. Iwa was first great film director. Who's had amazing success. Octavia Spencer common uh, years later went into like Lena Waithe and, right. and, and other great, other, other great talent who have really moved the ball and changed the tapestry of the type of, colors that we've seen in uh, the cinemas and on our television. Right. And we went, we went to these people who had already kind of broken through in a unique way yep. and had a unique storytelling ability. And we said to them, 
pick a person that has been knocking on your door and wants the elevator sent down and is ready to make their short film as their calling card to go out there and be able to get their first feature film. So, you know, feature films very often are selected, you know, directors are selected because somebody has seen their short film or somebody has seen them direct a couple of TV episodes, or maybe they get the TV episodes because they've made some independent film and some right. independent film got made because they had some short film that they made in college. Right. Um, and those are expensive things to make. If you're going to make your own short film, you got to, you got to rent the cameras. You got to like yeah. secure the locations. You got to pay somebody to mix the score and and color correct it and edit yeah. it. And yeah, you're talking um, tens of thousands. It costs money. Yeah, and so like it's 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 unevenly favored to those who can like put money together. And historically, that is generally white faces. So we said, okay, we're going to put together money to have filmmakers make films, so they can have their first calling card. So we can actually affect. We can put more people in the pool yeah. to be able to get shots to direct things. And the yeah. best way we thought to do that was not just have full screen pick those people and guide that process mm. um, who are, who don't have a filmmaking DNA and also who is not a company that is like fully of color or fully, you know, like it doesn't have a, have a diverse, um, you know, a diverse background. Yeah. All we got is so conference rooms. <laughs> Yeah, we got his conference rooms, right? It's like, you know, figuring it out in the Gordon yeah, yeah. Park conference room or the Spike Lee conference room is not yeah, going to, yeah. you know, it's not going to tell the stories, you yeah, know? Yeah. You know, so we wanted to really to be able to support these filmmakers. So yeah. the way we said to do that is, is like, let's go to people who have made it. Let's get them to pick the right people and let's let let's work with them to get the stories told. And then let's build out a marketing platform to mm. a give AT&T the attribution for being um, forward thinking enough and putting their their flag in the sand. Yeah. And then let's give them money to get them out to festivals and then let's let's highlight it and spotlight it. Mm. And uh, that felt great. You know, that 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 program was great. It continued on for three more years. And one of and, and you know, already, you know, several of those filmmakers have gotten projects moving forward and including one of our one of um one of the first ones that was on board was a, a guy named Neil who was brought in by Rick Famuyiwa and now he has a project set up with um with Macro which is Charles King's company mm. and you know that is the way that like you know you kind of wrestle everybody's interests needs what's going on in culture and community mm -hmm. and saying like hey is there a way I can sneak this in and I feel blessed that it was able to like it's not a word I use a lot but I just feel very lucky yeah. that that was able to happen um because it's not always easy to get those things kicked up the ladder you know yeah. like it's not always things it's not always easy to get real money behind those programs right so right. that was a fun that was a fun good thing uh it felt really great for me personally mm -hmm. just ha having come from a background of community activism having you know family of color and then being involved in a community of color for so long and then coming to a place that was not as uh, colorful, yep. being able to bring some of my history and, and, uh, and my ability and my uh, pedigree in filmmaking space and relationships there and be able to bring something that I really cared about forward felt really great for me. And like, yeah. man, were those filmmakers ecstatic, you know, yeah. like that's a, that was just a great spot for them to be in. You know, yeah. Like, hey, here's a bunch of money to make a great short. Yeah. I got to, I got to, uh, I got to go to, um, can, uh, two years ago, three years ago with Lena and people in the program. And it was, uh, I mean, that's a special moment, right? It's a, it's a, it's a thing yeah. that 
few, few people get to do um, if you're an upstart filmmaker and to see people get that kind of pedigree and get exposed to that kind of thing, even if, you know, e even if uh, the, 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 the attention and audience that comes out of a moment like that is relatively small because it's such a busy, loud moment. Um, yeah. The, the confidence boost that comes around, that comes with it. And, you know, just the fact that you were there um, really matters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting picked matters. Yeah. Um, somebody saying, yes, you deserve a shot matters. Having tape in your pocket that says, like, yes. this is what I can do matters. Yes. Yeah. So it felt good to be part of that. That's cool. You're a guy who's, I think, really relatively well connected, um, tons of friends in uh, multiple parts of the business. If you need proof of that, go listen to the previous episode <laughs> and our long conversation <laughs> about that. But uh, in your conversation with people in this moment, um, who, who uh, or what kinds of companies are, I don't know, quote unquote, doing it right and kind of doing the things that feel respectable um, that, that you're seeing or getting access to through your um, networking connections? Oh man. <laughs> Such a loaded question. No, it's hard, man. I mean, I, my personal journey with this is really been one of, I don't know who's getting it right right now, man. Like, yeah. quite frankly, like I think it's, um, I think anybody who's trying is getting it right. You know, anybody who's, you know, anybody who's out there saying, hey, we're going to try and is trying is getting it right at this moment, you know, like, yeah, and I don't mean that forever. I just mean that people who are coming out and saying, like, I'm going to try, you know, like is right. Um, yep. I hope they do. They need to. Yep. I think I've more been focused on I have, you know, I have friends in the DEA and and I have friends who work closely in, in L.A. city government and mm. I'm really those are, those are black men mostly. And mm -hmm. I'm, I've been just having counsel with them, which is two kinds of counsel. One is how are you? Like, yep. how does this feel? Like, where are we emotionally? Just yep. human being, the human being good. to just check in and support each other. Cause it's complicated to be, it's complicated to be a person of color right now. Yep. And just, I'm in a, I'm in just more in a space of like talking to my friends in my community and, yeah. and just kind of like being an emo, like having an emotional connection with them and just keeping that dialogue open. Yep. That's really where a lot of my headspace is as far as like where the work is going. And yep. I, and I think we're getting to a place and I'm trying to really understand the police and I'm really trying to understand um, the criminal justice system. And I'm really mm -hmm. trying to understand what it looks like to have a hundred different academies training people across this country, everywhere from fish and game to yeah. DEA to police and them all having a different training system and a different mm -hmm. form of continuing training yeah. and not just about bias, but about use of force, um, which is all connected to bias, of course. Yep. And thinking about how the police unions can support our officers and not hide what's going on. I'm mm -hmm. thinking about how to, what the, I'm trying to understand better the culture of silence that one cop can see another cop doing it and what mm -hmm. the opportunities they have to stand up and say, this is wrong without right. crossing a blue line and right. putting themselves or their brothers and sisters at risk. So yeah. I'm yeah. in, a, I'm in a deep learning stage 
with people that I'm lucky enough to have deep, long lasting relationships with that are friendships. And that's, that's where I am. As far as like systemic change and companies and people doing interesting things right now, that's no, it's noise to me. And it's only noise to me as a human being, not because it's wrong or people shouldn't be doing it. I, I think from naming conference rooms to like diversifying the people that they work with, to bringing on boards of people to help them think about how to solve this problem, to going and starting a podcast and only talking to people of color about what's going on in television and like all these different talk show hosts and different people are doing different things. And I think it's all good. I think, I think for me personally, I'm just diving into my relationships and just trying to understand um, because the thing that I feel most passionately about that I feel the least educated about is criminal justice and how to, what to do with our brothers and sisters on the police force right? who need to be supported in their understanding of the damage they're causing and also how they need to be supported in their training and then how we need to, you know, how we need to enable a better dialogue between people and police. Yeah. Um, and so that, that is, a, that is a place that I'm very focused on more than, Hey, like what's XYZ company doing, you yeah. know, what, what, where, where are bigger companies going to invest money in? And, and like, what, what is that? I think all that's important in industry, but that's right. kind of where my heart has been since yeah. I've kind of like, as I've been watching and feeling what's going on, that's where yeah. my heart lives. Yeah. I feel that. I, I, I just appreciate your take on that. And, um, you know, you're, you're willing to talk through it. And, uh, and I think sure. it, uh, it's, it's important to find your, to find your lane and what you can do and what you care about. And I, I really appreciate that. I, I have a, I have a similar heart for that. I, um, you know, I talked about going to can and uh, a couple of years ago and funny, funny juxtaposition. I, you know, long flight, so like a little bit of downtime. I brought the book just mercy with me mm-hmm. to read on that trip. Yeah. And so like there I was in like the heart of opulence in the like the, the most like, uh, you know, high end like situation in the south of France reading about the yeah. most brutal like things. And uh, that to me made me, um, you know, open my eyes to like my experience and to be a supporter of Brian Stevenson and IJM and what they do. And, yeah. um, and so I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat trying to figure out like, hey, what, what role can I play? in that system, even as a person who doesn't really touch it professionally. Right. I don't, I don't, yeah. you know, I have, I have a couple of friends who are, uh, uh, police in other cities. Uh, but, uh, but you know, how, how can I be a part of that mission? So anyway, I, I yeah. feel that, uh, I feel that, that pain and that, I don't know. So it's, it's a lot, a lot of work to do. Yeah. It's a lot of work. You know, I, I think it, nothing's going to happen fast. You know, yeah. the marching has been going on for a long time, you know, yep. and um, it's going to continue. And I, you know, there's needs to be big systemic, long lasting change. I mean, people have been saying it for a long time and like, yeah, you know, sure. it will continue pushing forward at places. And so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm in an education place. The thing that, that scares me and the thing that like, I really want to understand the most is what's going on with our police, you know, like that's really where I'm, that's where I, my terror and fear and deepest sadness lies. Mm. 
Cause I, you know, I inherently believe that, you know, people are, are trying to take care of each other in the world. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff that gets in the way of that. And I think that, yes, there's bad apples and there's terrible systemic ways in which this continues. Right. And I, you know, sometimes this shit needs to burn down yeah. until it gets built back up. Yeah. And I'm with that, you know? And so I just, I'm just really interested in uh, taking care of my, uh, the emotional well-being of my people in my community and trying yeah. to talk to my brothers about how they're feeling through this so they can yeah. be of support and love to their families yeah. and their communities. And also thinking about how, you know, trying to really understand on a personal level. And I mean a personal level, like talking to police and talking to DEA and talking to people in LA city government um, yeah. and on planning boards and who are on these commissions and really trying to figure out Mm -hmm. just trying to understand what's going on between people, you know? Yeah. So totally. that's kind of where my head's at. I, yeah. I am not paying deep attention into like what funds are being announced and what, what change yeah. is going on in those things. And I think those things are all important. Yeah. Um, and I've been really proud of Peter Chernin and Jesse and like their real interest on what they want to do at mm -hmm. our company. Mm -hmm. So I've been happy to hear about, some changes that they want to build into what we're doing. And like, it feels good to be at a place that when COVID struck, you know, a note came out that says, everybody, we're in this together. Here's where we're putting money. You know, yep. we'll double whatever you put in, you know, like that kind of like, I'm, I'm just happy to hear those kind of movements. Yep. Um, and it just feels good. So, yeah. So, well, uh, there is, uh, there's work to do on all kinds of levels. I appreciate, um, you know, your approach to the work at hand, um, both in the projects yeah. you're kind of, uh, touching, but also your, um, your approach to just caring for people one by one, cause you need some of that, uh, as well. And so I, um, man, I, I continue to be really thankful for you and your, um, just the way you, you care for people and the way you're thoughtful on this type of stuff. So I appreciate you sharing some of this and, uh, and hopefully in a year, this will be, this will be a moment where we look back and say, oh man, that was the start of some really powerful work. Yeah, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. I'm with you. I, and I appreciate, I appreciate you. And like, we need, we need people who have like their heart first in yeah. life, you know, like uh, yeah. everything else will come after, which is to say, it's hard, man. People can be wrong. People can be kind of wrong. People can be, uh, ugly and mean you know and like you can come back from all of that with the right heart so yep. i appreciate your heart good heart yep. appreciate you keep uh keep keep doing the good work and uh my best to your family all right bud you too you too talk to you later talk soon that was billy parks thanks billy for being willing to be open and candid and really transparent about how you're feeling in this moment. And uh, I'm thankful for your friendship and I'm thankful for your take on these important matters. Like I mentioned before, I've been trying to uh, educate up and uh, get smarter on this topic uh, so I can be an advocate uh, for rights and I can actively say that Black Lives Matter and mean it uh, with my actions instead of just my words. And uh, I offer up a couple resources. If you are finding that you don't know what to read, don't know what to look into, uh, I'll tell you three things that I've really um, enjoyed because they've opened my eyes and made um, this conversation more accessible for me. 
I actually watched uh, Ava DuVernay's documentary, 13th, uh, about the 13th Amendment on Netflix. I watched it a couple of years ago, and it really shaped my thinking on um, my internal prejudice. I think we're all prejudiced in many ways because that's a human behavior. Uh, but it helped me understand exactly how I felt in my upbringing and, and why certain things were the way they were in our, in our culture. And, um, and I, I definitely recommend that to you, the 13th documentary on, on uh, Netflix. It is a, it's a difficult watch. Um, it is uh, tough to look and see, um, especially in light of everything happening right now. But I think it's a really important film especially for uh, white people, white middle-aged people like myself who maybe didn't learn about many of these things uh, growing up in school and really weren't forced to because it wasn't uh, in our face. About two years ago, I read the book Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Uh, the movie just came out last year, and hopefully it's still available for free uh, on whatever streaming platform you use. But Just Mercy is both a great movie that I definitely recommend you to see. It's an eye-opener. Uh, it's painful. Uh, but if you get a lot out of the movie, definitely dig into the book. The book goes into more detail, more problematic areas, um, child incarceration, just awful things that I don't have to think of uh, any minute of any day in my life. And uh, if you need a, a Advantage into another uh, community's worldview, I definitely recommend it. Um, it's been a powerful for one for me, and it's it's one that's made me um, be a donor to his nonprofit, the Equal Justice Initiative, or EJI. And, and finally, one other piece of content that really helped me in my journey, and there's there's lots more to do and read. I listened to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, uh, Revisionist History. Uh, he did a specific episode where he did a rereading of a chapter of one of his books from a few years prior, um, and it is called The Limits of Power. It was released on uh, June 2nd. It's 44 minutes long, and it's a retelling of a story of the policing in Northern Ireland during the 30-year war between Protestants and Catholics. And it was obviously a different time, a different story, but it talks specifically about uh, one community's response to being policed by the other and the feelings and trust issues that come along with that. And I thought it was just another story in the tapestry of stories uh, that helped me uh, continue to understand how other people feel in this moment, uh, and it was really helpful for me. So The 13th on Netflix, Just Mercy, and uh, Revisionist History, The Limits of Power. Three resources you can look into today. Uh, this is an important topic and one that I hope doesn't go away and uh, one that I hope we all mull over and fight for and advocate for uh, until all people are free and all people are treated equally with justice uh, under the law. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this is a nuanced conversation, uh, and I welcome your feedback and your thoughts on the matter and uh, your contributions to our conversation. Uh, thanks. Um, appreciate your time. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, and hope you come back for another. And just remember... Black Lives Matter.